Welcome to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for joining us in beautiful Kelowna, British Columbia. Our special guest again is Don Straub, a practicing clinical counselor who helps people struggling with everyday problems by giving them powerful practical solutions. Don is going to examine whether or not self-love is an oxymoron or an expression that some see as an incongruous, seemingly self-contradictory term. Don, welcome back to It Is Written Canada. Thank you, I feel privileged to be here today. Don, today you're going to be talking to us about self-love. Isn't self-love selfish? Well, you can think about it. True love is never selfish. The problem is that in the world there is a false kind of love, and that's what makes people nervous about this topic. But when you think about the, the word love, the word love is actually a verb. It's an action. And let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul describes love. He says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable, and it keeps no record of wrong. It is never glad about injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. So when you think of those words of action, wow, love is a wonderful thing, a God-like thing. I find it interesting that Paul actually emphasizes things that love is not than more than what he says love is. Like he says, it's, it's not irritable, it's not boastful, it's not jealous. When I was teaching religion in uh, grade 11 and 12 grades years ago, and I would come to this topic, I would ask the students, define love. And at first the students would just go like speechless. They had nothing to say. But I would wait. Finally somebody would say, love is caring. And I'd say, yes, love is caring, more. And they would start to come out with all of these wonderful synonyms, like love is being polite. Love is being kind. Love is being respectful. Love is helping people. And they, they just intuitively understood love is an action. And all of these wonderful actions are beautiful. They're never sinful. So if that's what love is, then how could we not love ourselves in that sense of the word? There's another thing about love that I think people don't quite understand. Some people talk about unconditional love as, it's, as if it's another kind of love, but there's only one kind of love. It has to be unconditional or it's not love. Remember, we can't force love. You can't buy love. God is a God of love and freedom. So it has to be freely given unconditionally or it can't be love. One of the most well-known sayings of Jesus is love one another as you love yourself. So what are your thoughts on that, Don? That is a beautiful text. And I think sometimes to understand a verse, we might want to look at what it does not say. You see, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. He did not say, love your neighbor better than yourself. Now, I used to teach math, teach math in high school also, and... And my favorite section was solving equations. 
So you're all familiar with equations. They have an equal sign in the middle, and then they have a right side and a left side, and we're, each side is equal to each other. Like we could say 7 plus 3 equals 10. But we could also put 10 on this side and 7 plus 3 on this side and say 10 equals 7 plus 3. So you look at the word as, it's like that equal sign. Love your neighbor as equals yourself. Love yourself. Love yourself as your neighbor. We could say it backwards too. So they're basically one and the same thing. So Don, you mentioned that there is this false kind of love that is very prevalent in the world today. What does this kind of love look like? Well, in my world of counseling, we call this false love codependency. It's more about the motive of loving, like why does a person love? And true love is all about just loving unconditionally, whereas codependency is loving and expecting love to get something. Like in other words, a person is codependent, is really stuck in a really deep place of low self-worth. They don't like themselves, they don't love themselves, and they're looking for other people to love them. And they're trying to get that love from other people. Is there a, a better way of looking at it than codependency? Is there another way of understanding that? Yes, I believe there is, because the word codependency really means external dependency. A favorite author of mine introduced me to that word, Robert Burney. External dependency tells us that we look for our worth, our value outside of ourselves. We may look to our career, uh, money in the bank, our house, the vehicle we drive, we might look to a relationship. We look to these external things to feel worthy and valuable rather than understanding that we already are worthy and valuable. Don, isn't looking to God for our self-worth and value looking externally? Aren't you telling us to look within ourselves for our worth and value? And that's why a lot of people get afraid of this idea of self-love. But what this is not saying, we're not saying that we're better than someone else. We're not saying that we're God. What we are saying is we're seeing the worth and value in ourselves that God sees and God declares about us. That's all it is. To, to do otherwise would be to call God a liar. The fact is that a lot of people hate themselves they don't love themselves. As a matter of fact, they know that people self-talk about 50,000 words in a day. Now, most of those words are pretty benign and neutral, but so much of it is self-talk that is very negative and putting ourselves down. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I'm no good. I'll never get this right. I'm a loser. I can't do anything. I don't deserve this. I don't deserve that. All of these lies that we tell ourselves, that's not loving. Uh, if you said all those things to your neighbor, would that be loving? <laughs> Absolutely not. So we need to stop this stinking thinking. We need to turn that around and tell ourselves truth. And that's how we love ourselves, by telling ourselves the truth about ourselves, the truth that God has told us about ourselves. You know, the trouble in our world of codependency, where we're always looking outside of ourselves for worth and value, we look to our body shape, 
We look to money. We look to careers. We look to all of these external things, and it's never enough. It's never enough. How much money does it take to satisfy a man or a woman? It's always a little more. Always a little more. It's never enough. You know, our whole world kind of supports that and fosters those ideas. When you think about it, all the advertisements you see in magazines and on media, they're all telling us that if you don't eat this, wear this, drive this, you're not enough. And so we're programmed into codependency. It's kind of the, our music, our movies. The television is always telling us, you need to look like this. In, in television, it seems like some of the policemen, the nurses, all of them, they all look like these models, you know? And we watch this and we, and we start to feel like, well, I don't look like that. I must not look, I must not be enough. That's the problem with codependency. So, you know, we're programmed into it. Our society has groomed us to be codependent. It's so sad. So let's take this concept of healthy self-love. What does it look like in action? There's actually a healthy pride. We, we can have a healthy pride in our work, in our children. There's an unhealthy pride, a false kind of pride that goes, I'm better than people. I'm better than others. I put myself above others. There's a healthy humility, too. A healthy, a healthy humility is when you can recognize not just your weaknesses, but your strengths. There's a false humility which only recognizes your weaknesses, and you're always putting yourself down, putting yourself down. So a healthy self-love is simply loving yourself. It's an action. Now, interestingly enough, the Greek has like six words for love, and we're stuck with one. So, you know, I love my wife. I love my job. I love my dog. You know, I love ice cream. No, you don't. You don't love ice cream. You really like ice cream. You don't love ice cream. In fact, maybe if you love yourself, you might not need that ice cream. So you see, love is, a, it, it starts by actually having a good, healthy definition of love, right? And so as we said earlier, love is caring. Love is nurturing. Love is supporting. Love is being kind. Love is all of these wonderful things. And we can do that towards ourselves. We can treat ourselves in that way. So a person who loves him or herself knows how to love him or herself. That person will get a good diet, a healthy diet, nutrition. They'll get themselves some good sleep. They'll exercise. They'll get out in the fresh air. They'll have a walk with God. And they can have boundaries. They can say no to things. They can protect themselves. What do you mean by boundaries? Let's think of the word boundaries the way we often think of boundaries. There is a boundary between my yard and my neighbor's yard. It may not be marked with a fence or a hedge, but there is a boundary. And I need to respect and honor that boundary. In other words, I might be out mowing my lawn and I look at my neighbor's lawn and it doesn't look good enough to me, so I start mowing his. That's not really respecting my neighbor's boundary. I need to respect my own boundaries by mowing my own lawn and keeping it looking good for my neighbor. So in life, we all have values, and we need to honor the values that we believe in, whether it's honesty, truthfulness, trusting, whatever it is, we need to honor those boundaries. And so sometimes we need to say no. We need to say no to offers to do things or to, to you know, things that we don't believe in that are not good for us. So boundaries is, is the ability really to say no and to honor my own values. Okay? 
You know when you go on an airplane, they always give you that same spiel? Like, when the oxygen masks fall from the ceiling, be sure to put your own oxygen mask on first before helping someone else? Isn't that selfish? No, it's not selfish because if you don't put your oxygen mask on, you won't be able to maybe help the other person put their oxygen mask on. Precisely. And you know, that's often what we fail to remember. In a previous episode, I, talk about, I talked about my work addiction and how I was consumed, always consumed with helping everybody else. Now, I came to the place where I burned myself up, burned myself out to the place I couldn't even help my own family, let alone myself. That is not having good boundaries. Let's look at 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. It says, But those who don't care for their own relatives, especially those living in the same household, have denied what we believe. Such people are worse than unbelievers. Could you imagine Noah building the ark and all these other people coming into the ark, but his own family not coming in? How sad would that be? So we need to consider sometimes saying no, because we only have limited time and energy, and we need to spread that energy and time out to be good stewards, shall we say, of ourselves, so that we do have the time and energy for the people we love the most. If we're not caring for ourselves, how can we care for those people? So having a healthy self-love is, is like walking a tightrope. On one side is loving my neighbor, on the other side is loving myself, and it's hard to get it perfect. You know, when do I say no? When do I say yes? Uh, when I was a leader, I could not ever say no. I was always saying yes. And that's where I ran down this road into burnout. In my own counseling, as I was recovering from this work addiction, this codependency, so to speak, I began to realize my stinking thinking. I began to realize that I was actually having this false kind of love because I, my motives were more for, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing enough? Uh, do people like what I'm doing? Are they happy with what I'm doing? And it, it's never enough. It's absolutely never enough. And now, to this day, even as a counselor, it's difficult. I still fight this. Someone asked me if I can take them as a client, and I have a difficult time saying no, but I have to draw that boundary. I have to say, no, I don't have room anymore for clients. I, I, you know, and that's, can I, get, can I recommend you to somebody else? Uh, can I put you on my wait, wait list? It's difficult to say no at sometimes, but it's important because if we can't take care of ourselves in healthy ways, how can we really take care of others in the long run? Because that's the key. I don't want to burn out early and cut my ministry short. I want to be able to be a greater help, more help to more people. Even Jesus took time out, stopped his healing, and went to pray into the mountains. He needed to recharge. I find that as a counselor, I need vacations. If I don't take some time to, to put everything aside, to put my work aside, and take a nice vacation, I am not going to last long enough, or as long as I would like to last in my ministry as a counselor. So no, self-love is not an oxymoron. In fact, self-love is a pure kind of love. It's a love that is helping, being kind, nurturing, supporting. I'm just doing the things to myself that I would do to my neighbor 
and that is actually making me a better neighbor myself. Doesn't codependency have to do with a relationship? Generally speaking, we, we talk about codependent relationships. And the reason that fits this idea of external relationships or external dependency is because we're looking this time not to money or a car or a job or a career or body shape. We're looking externally to a partner to feel good about ourselves. It's kind of like, I need this person in my life or I'm a nobody. It's interesting how in, in life, in, in the codependent life that is, opposites attract. Like, oh, she completes me. And 20 years later, we're repelled by that same behavior. Because what we're doing is we think we're making up for our own deficiencies. Maybe I'm an introvert and I want somebody who talks. And so I, I marry this extrovert. And after a while, I can't stand all this talking. And then my partner says, you never talk to me anymore. And I say, you talk too much. And say, it's, it's like we're sucking the life out of each other. So we find ourselves in either healthy, interdependent relationships or the other extreme, unhealthy, codependent relationships. But the truth is most of us are in between. No one has a perfect interpersonal relationship. That would be impossible. In my field of counseling, I like to talk about love cups or love buckets. And so we either have full love cups or half full or partially full love cups or even empty love cups. So what are we talking about when we talk about a love cup? So a love cup is a metaphor. It represents how we see ourselves. So a full love cup is when we see ourselves as worthy and valuable, as important. We see ourselves in such a way that we take care of ourselves. We protect ourselves. We have healthy boundaries. We nurture ourselves. We eat well. We sleep well. We exercise well. We value ourselves in that sense. Whereas a person with a, a partially full love cup has very low self-worth, or at least they don't believe they're worthy and valuable, even though they are. And they, they actually don't take care of themselves. They don't eat right. They don't exercise and sleep properly. They, they might even hate themselves. So in these codependent relationships, where we have partially full love cups, each partner is trying to get their partner to fill their love cup. You need to say more nice things to me. You need to do this for me. You need... We're always trying to get that person to fill our love cup so we can feel good about ourselves. Whereas in an interdependent relationship, these people know how to fill their own love cups because they tell themselves the truth. They take care of themselves. And this way, they can always give love unconditionally to their partner. So that's the way it's designed to work. Of course, like I said, nobody's perfect in this scenario. Isn't it okay then to have our partner say and do nice things for us? Is that being selfish? You know, it's not about that because it's a wonderful thing to have these people in our lives. It's a beautiful thing. It has to do with our motive. Like, is that the only way I feel good about myself? Is that the only way I feel worthy and valuable is when I get these compliments? That's codependency. Because when you have your love cup full, these are wonderful things to receive, but you, you already have a full love cup, so you, it's not like you're needing this to feel good and valuable. Because, you know, some things happen. Sometimes people say mean things, and that can just throw us off the rails. Don, don't you think 
it is important that we help our children learn this as early as possible. Absolutely. And I think the key comes in the parental role of teaching their children the difference between what they do and who they are. So when a child does something hurtful or harmful or wrong, to point that out to the child, but at the same time, support them with the idea that they're still loved, they're worthy and valuable. And that has to be said in words. But sometimes we teach our children that they're not valuable by scolding them, by raising our voice and yelling at them and demeaning them with words, you're stupid, you see? And this is where the child starts to think about themselves that they're not worthy and they're not valuable. If we would raise up a generation of children like this, most of our world problems would go away. So Don, how can you sum up this discussion of self-love? Well, I think that's easy because we know from scripture that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So we must continually look to Jesus for the truth about ourselves. I wanna share one more scripture about what Jesus says about us. This is what he says in Matthew 10, 29. He says, not even a sparrow worth only half a penny can fall to the ground without our Father knowing it. Wow, isn't that amazing? That shows how God values us. He even goes on to say that God even knows the very hairs, the number of hairs on our head. And I'll tell you, that's changing like every hour, for me at least. And then Jesus says, so don't be afraid. You are more valuable to him than a whole flock of sparrows. Just thinking about that is just amazing. This is the truth that we need to tell ourselves like every day. I am a child of the king. i
Lord God, Father in heaven, thank you for calling us your children. And Lord, we know as, as parents, that is an amazing thing to love a child. Thank you for knowing that you love us in this way. And may we remind ourselves of these truths every day and focus on Jesus, the way, the truth, and the life. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don, thank you so much for sharing with us your personal and your professional insights on Eddie's Written Canada. We have been so honored to have you with us. Thank you, it's really been my privilege. Thank you for having me. Friends, as Don Strop shared with us, God is not only God of love, but a God of freedom. And we want to give you a chance to learn more about this freedom by sending you our free offer today, which is entitled Bridges to Freedom, Creating Change Through Science and Christian Spirituality. Move closer to the Lord, get past your setbacks, and learn life lessons with these essential bridges to freedom described in Don's book. To request today's offer, just log on to www.ItIsWrittenCanada.ca. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. And thank you for your prayer requests and your generous financial support. Before you go, we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs, including our cooking demonstrations, our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living and our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life. We want you to experience the truth that is found in the words of Jesus when he said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca, or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.